for the War Drums of Makua, the season of battle. Sponsored by South Pacific Health, Savage Music Studios, and Life Extend Unlimited. In the beginning, Tangaloa, the one supreme, through his mana, the spiritual energy of power and strength, placed in the universe a giant shell. In the top of it was the sky, Langi, the sky god, son of Tangaloa, and in the bottom was the earth, Papa, earth god, mother earth, daughter of Tangaloa. These were the parents of gods, humans, and all life in this world. They loved each other very much, held each other in a close embrace, and very soon they had given birth to six children. As the children began to grow, there was not much room inside the shell, and longing for light and space, the children began to resent being confined between their parents' bodies. So they plotted to separate their parents and bring about the world as we know it. The six sons, Tawiri Magate, the god of the winds, Tane, god of the forests, Tu, god of war, Dangaroa, god of the sea, Rongo, god of peace, and Ru, god of food, could not agree on the best way to separate the sky and the earth and quarreled violently. One son suggested killing the parents. The god of the winds opposed separating them all together and refused to take part in the plot. The god of the forest, however, eventually managed to pry Langi and Papa apart. He did this by lying on his back and forcing the shell open with his feet pressing upwards, just as a tree has its roots in the earth while its trunk and branches stretch towards the sky. Langi and Papa were finally separated, and the sky and the earth have remained apart ever since. Dawiri, the god of winds and storms, was furious with his brothers, he could not bear to see his parents torn apart and decided to make his home between Langi and Papa. He promised his brothers, however, that they would forever have to deal with his fury. So from time to time, he sends storms, hurricanes, whirlwinds, thunder, and lightning to the world as a reminder of his anger. When the space between the earth and sky was wide enough, the sons decided to make Tangata human beings. They worked together to mold people out of clay. When they had finished, the god of the forest took the figures of man and woman and pressing his nose to theirs, breathed the spirit of life into their lungs. The human's eyes opened. They sneezed and came to life. Papa and Langi were proud of what their sons had created, but they still missed each other's touch. And so every night Langi cries over Polynesia, and in the morning the world is damp with the dew of his tears. The morning mists are Papa's sighs of sadness as she thinks of her beloved Langi, now separated from her embrace. 
There is a need to revisit these myths of creation or tala o levavao for us to understand what breathes and animates the spirit or mana of Polynesia. My family, the Ali'is, were believed to be descended from the deities. They governed with the divine power of mana, which was derived from the spiritual energy of their ancestors, the gods. Mana, a sacred and supernatural power. It can be good or evil. Tangata or humans have mana as well as animals and certain objects. Because mana was so sacred, Polynesians have very complicated rules called tapu or kapu to protect it. Common people were not allowed to touch even the shadow of an ali'inui, bloodline royal, nor were they allowed to step inside sacred groves or temples because the ali'is were filled with more stardust, more of the power of the universe than most. Descended from the gods of this world, they held the power of creation and the destruction of exploding stars. It is estimated that every year, 40,000 tons of stellar dust falls into Earth's atmosphere where humans, plants, and the soil absorb and utilize it. The human body is about 60% water. Hydrogen only accounts for 11% of that water mass. Even though water consists of two hydrogen atoms for every oxygen, hydrogen has much less mass. We can conclude that 93% of the mass in our bodies is stardust. Woodstock was a song written by Joni Mitchell, an icon of the music industry that says, we are stardust, we are golden. It's a fascinating thought that we, as human beings, are 93% composed of stardust. That we originated from the remnants of stars and the massive explosions in our universe. This was the beginning of the gods of the Earth. And why the Ali'is were so special. Formed from the heavy layers of stardust that arrived in waves from Tangaloa, the waves that the Supreme One surfed upon to create Langi and Papa. Residual stardust has found its way into particular plants like kiwi, spinach, green peppers, green tea, and breast milk. It is processed into nutrients that we need for all our processes, how we think, move, grow, and every few years, we regenerate because of it. Stars are like nuclear reactors. They take fuel and convert it into something else, hydrogen into helium, helium into carbon, nitrogen and oxygen, iron and sulfur, everything that is found in us. When stars get to the end of their lives, they fall into themselves and sometimes explode. Most of what we are made of is out of the dying stars or exploding stars, so some of the components in us is as old as the universe itself. Some of it maybe only came here a hundred years ago. All of it to make us Tangata. There is a book that was published in 2015 
that explains this much better and more eloquently than I do called Living with the Stars that is so good, probably one of my favorites in my library. The Polynesian religion of mana tells us that Tangaloa moves before us. The Supreme One is ever, constantly moving, and we, as Tangata, creations of Langi and Papa, chase after Tangaloa in pursuit of protection and balance. The Hawaiians call it La'au, Lapa'au, and means a relationship to the universe. That space is actually matter, dust that has function, and is the intelligence that connects all things within our universe, which is a scientist, I can tell you, is true. The solar system is not stationary, but travels at an incredibly high speed through space. The sun's forward momentum combined with the planet's rotational movement creates a helix wave somewhat similar to our DNA strands. In mana, the belief is that that is how we were made and why we chase after Tangaloa because of the relationship of stardust and how it created mankind. There is a huge dispute over the building of an optical telescope on a very sacred mountain to the Polynesians called Mauna Kea. Being a scientist, I appreciate the advancement of science and information that can be discovered. But my soul is torn by the disrespect to the thousands of years of mana from Tangaloa that has been worshipped, remembered, and practiced here. A sacred place to our people. Another hiwa torn down and crushed, taking more ancient knowledge away from the generations of our youth that will no longer remember who they are. Another of my heroes is Neil deGrasse Tyson, who wrote in 2019, quote, My only opinion here is that the people of Hawaii, however its residents choose to define this, and not anyone else, should be the ones who determine the fate of Mauna Kea Summit. It's their mountain, it's their state. Beyond that, in the interest of informed discussion, allow me to offer perspective that may have been overlooked in the heat of debates. Knowledge of the skies and navigating Earth's surface are two pursuits that are fundamentally conjoined. Stars have guided navigators since the dawn of civilization and the greatest navigators in the history of the world were restless Polynesians. Via double-hulled canoes, they discovered, mapped, and settled most islands of the South and Central Pacific, including Hawaii and New Zealand. We are all explorers at heart. It is somehow writ large in our DNA, but not every culture gets to do it. Not every culture figures out how to do it. Have you ever contemplated the size of the Pacific Ocean? At the equator, it spans one-third of all Earth's longitude. Have you seen how scattered the island nations are that dot it? Mere dozens of miles separate some of them, but for others, hundreds and even thousands of miles of open ocean separate one island from the next. Now go back in time. More than three millennia ago, before GPS, before marine chronometers, 
before the Industrial Revolution, before sextants, before compasses, before and during the time of Muhammad, Jesus, and Buddha. Now try to do what the Polynesians did. From their encyclopedic knowledge of nature, they invoke the appearance or absence of coastal and marine animals, birds, shorelines, ocean currents, and most importantly, the sun, moon, and stars define their way. They were explorers. They were discoverers. They were wayfinders. The magnitude of this accomplishment was affirmed for me when I interviewed Nainoa Thompson for Star Talk on National Geographic TV. Nainoa is a modern Polynesian wayfinder who sailed a 60-foot double-hulled canoe made from original specifications 2,400 miles between Hawaii and Tahiti. All this leaves me to wonder what the ancient Polynesians would say about having the world's largest instrument of navigation on an island they discovered. Today, with Earth's land masses fully mapped, we look up from our planet's surface, a kind of shoreline of its own to the cosmic ocean, with telescopes trained on the heavens while scientists navigate from the back end, we nightly explore humanity's place in the cosmos, which leaves me to ask, whatever is your concept of the divine forces that create and shape our universe, might the discoveries of modern astrophysics bring you closer to them? I wonder in this way, not because I'm an astrophysicist, but because I am human. Respectfully submitted, Neil deGrasse Tyson, end quote. The author, Padraic Column, once wrote in a journal article that an account of Polynesian astronomy seems dry and remote because most of us have only a remote and dry relation with the stars. The interesting civilizations are star-conscious, star-devoted civilizations, those civilizations too distant for one of us to form an attachment to. But the Polynesians, the past Polynesians, is not out of memory. The Formosan aboriginals of Taiwan worship the sun, moon, and ten stars and have always had a bond to the universe much like the 15,000-year-old pre-Columbian culture in America. The Pawnee Indian tribes call the ring of stars in the sky the Council of Chiefs, the chief star which is now referred to as Polaris. The Anasazi built a solar observatory indicating the importance of the stars to their way of life. The Navajo and Hopi tribes described the five worlds and how the stars were made. It is said that the original Polynesian culture came from the Formosan aboriginals as it gave way to the Lapita culture, northeast of New Guinea, almost 40,000 years ago. But according to mitochondrial DNA studies, in an entangled bank model, Polynesians predate the Lapita culture by thousands of years, so the origins of our people are still unknown and suspected that our history lies on the bottom of the ocean and a sunken continent. What is known is that Polynesians have always lived, learned, and loved by the stars. In the late 1920s, an astroanthropologist named Maud McKemson 
wrote about the astronomical concepts of Polynesian people. In the last line of her journal article about how Polynesians kept time in order to meet internationally for conventions arriving exactly at the same time from different nations in the middle of the ocean, she writes, quote, from all the above considerations, we can hardly escape the conclusion that far more of the jealously guarded knowledge of the Polynesian astronomy has been lost than has been preserved for posterity, end quote. There is a saying in Samoa, let the medicine of the stranger be for the stranger, but let the medicine of the Polynesian be for the Polynesian. As I appreciate Dr. Tyson's point of view, as a scientist myself, the curiosity I have of the universe and my relationship with said universe makes me pause for a better understanding, more comprehension, but not at the destruction of my own heritage and culture. Polynesians are vastly becoming endangered because of the loss of traditional lands taken at the hands of strangers who eliminate us through cultural assimilation or acculturation. We have lost our language, the meanings of our culture and dance. We have lost our youth to a world that has no respect for who we were or who we are. And because of that, the world has lost the ancient knowledge and ways of our people. Putting a huge telescope run by strangers at the top of one of the most revered and sacred points of mana does nothing for our people. Because our people, for 40,000 years, lived by the stars. We navigated by the stars. We taught our young by the stars, built our homes and villages by the stars, and we were healed by the stars because we were made by the stars. We are filled with stardust and our existence resounds in the drumbeat that ever beats on. Keep listening for more episodes of The War Drums of Makua, The Season of Battle. Brought to you by SouthPackHealth.com The wisdom of the past is the health of the future. SavageMusicStudios.com and Life Extend Unlimited. The taste you know, the results you prefer.